Oh, yeah. All right, we're playing an intro now. Just imagine synths getting higher and higher as the chords come together. Reading rainbow. Climax into silence. Yes. It's quite amazing. Gunter. Ask not what your voice can do for you. Welcome, everyone, to the Haas Boys podcast. Stoked for today's episode. I got Parker on my left. Episode 29. Episode 29. Yeah. Feeling fine. Mike is on my right. Yo. Yo. We also have a further right. Further right. You're right. (laughs) Um, We also want to welcome, we have our first English guest, uh, Sir Henry Wallace on the podcast today. Hello. Yeah. Hi, guys. Yeah, we are stoked we finally got you on the podcast ever since that drunk message came in. Yeah, we've been dreaming about this for a long time. I watch that back sometimes and I think, oh, why did I send that? Just the stupidest thing to do. Oh, no, it made our month. It's still, it's in my favorites on my phone, I think. It's hearted. I'm glad I can make at least one person happy when I'm drunk. That's all I can say. You made three. You've become a legend, man. I highly doubt that. I think what we want to do today, we want to dive into... The race we all just watched, but first, I mean, let's introduce Sir Wallace. Yeah, um, I kind of want to get to know you, but we don't really know you. It's the first guest we've had on who we honestly don't really know, yeah. uh, besides drunk messages. So, Sir Wallace, why are you a Haas fan? That's my burning question. In the middle of England. Well, there's a, there's a few reasons. I started watching Formula One probably in around 2005, 2006-ish. I'm the youngest of four. And one of my older brothers, he loved F1 around that sort of time. Uh, so you had like notable drivers like Fernando Alonso, Kimi Raikkonen, Michael Schumacher. And, you know, you just kind of like embody the sorts of things that your peers like. So I kind of started Absolutely. watching along with them as well. He's a bit of a spitting image of uh, Jensen Button as well. Oh, oh really? And, and Jensen Button was also in that same era. He was with BAR, I think, at the time. Um, so I kind of got into Formula One through that. But then there's like, there's a bit of an expansive kind of like outer layer that kind of like brought me to Haas. So where I was growing up at the time, there was a rally school. And I remember going to the school because the owner... His son was at mine, uh, my primary school, I suppose, like your your first school or um, somewhat. Yeah. And we went along and they had a Mitsubishi Evo 6 sitting there. I had two lined up next to each other, actually. And we got to take one out and wait, just wait, wait. flying around. Wait, question, question. This is a school sure. where they teach you how to rally race? Like drive? Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know, I don't or know maybe if Henry. Is the yeah, still. yeah, Henry. I think we need to explain something. <laughs> Year three, you're like racing rally cars. <laughs> yeah. They're like, okay, you got your multiplication tables down. Yeah, that's what I now remember. Let's head of out year to three. the track. Everyone in the Mitsubishi. <laughs> <laughs> Expl- Sorry, that's really cool. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's awesome. Yeah, it was just, it's this private school where you go and you can have experiences there, or wow. if you're part of uh, a team you can go and like fine-tune your skills there as well amazing so the school there takes part in some of the rallies i think they've been in the british rally championship wow. and in the wrc as well cool um so there was a load of gear there that kind of like really interested me and i was taken out i didn't drive i was 
How old was I at the time? I probably was about 11 or 12. So getting behind the wheel would have been really sketchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so kind of tying that to watching the Formula One, you, you get to learn some of the names within the sphere of those sports and the link with Gute Steiner at rallying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then his subsequent ties to Formula One was kind of like the start of where my sort of affiliation to Haas begin. So... I then also started, and maybe like many of you listeners, liked playing games. So I had like the Project Goth- the original Project Gotham Racing series, oh, yeah. on cool. the original Xbox or Rally Sport Challenge, which was my absolute favourite <laughs> of the bunch. Um, so that's kind of how that link between Haas and where I started with Formula One. Then I kind of dropped out of Formula One for a little while. I suppose kind of like going through sixth form, there were other priorities on my mind. There was a lot of studying to do. There was a lot of homework. There was a lot of like projects that you had to do at home. And I was studying media production at the time. So there was a lot of weekends spent out filming and recording and stuff. And what's the what's the story there? What do you what what were you going to school for and what were you kind of making? So, I mean, this is all at sort of like high school level, I suppose, high school level, and then I took it into university media production. Cool. And I got a got an upper second degree in media production and went on to film with Citroen actually for the I think it was the DS3. It was an it's what they called it a Citroen is a car it a viral oh, yeah, Americans yeah, yeah. and the DS3 yeah. is a hatchback. <laughs> yes, okay. yes. Sorry, yeah. just to interrupt. There's no, a few no, Americans no. that are just going to they're like what the hell did he yeah, just say? By the say? way, I don't think we've made this clear that we're talking to a person for those that are listening, we're talking to Sir Henry Wallace in the UK over yeah, Zoom. He's over not Zoom. in the room with us. Where are you right now by the way? So, uh, you guys, you tried to figure out where I was, and I've written them down. Oh, wait, wait, where oh. you tried to figure out where I lived. <laughs> okay, this is great. Let's hear it. So, first of all, it was England somewhere. <laughs> I mean, that really narrows it down. Yeah. Then there was Colton's Colton's Hergelberging, <laughs> Coltonsburg. <laughs> Palsbury, the Shire, Palsbury upon Gunter, the Shire of Greensbury, Northamptonshire, yes, Glickenshire, oh and Glickenspiel, which is German, pretty in close. London. Oh my gosh, that's like 12 different so places. Actually, <laughs> yeah. so funnily enough, you actually weren't too far off with the with the second one. No way! Yeah, you're not too far off. So I live just outside of a place <laughs> called Colchester. Uh, oh, wow! Yeah. So super close to Colton's Bergen, Bergen, Bergen. What was the Gunther one? That was the uh, Palsbury upon Gunther. <laughs> that's right. Because we were talking about somebody named Palsbury. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was right. somebody in F1 named Palsbury, and I was like, that sounds like a town in England, Palsbury upon Gunther. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what was the name of your town again? Uh, Colchester. Colchester. Okay, Little history fact. Colchester was the first city in England, and it used to be the capital. No way. Oh, okay. Oh. Before London. So we're talking sort of... 
ancient Roman. The Druids. Old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Druids, yeah. The Druids. Spaceballs. Big long beards. Um, yeah. So so you we're we're just northeast of London, is that is that about right? Yeah, that's right. We're about an hour away from London. Wow. Okay. okay. I wanna I know on our analytics we can see where people listen to around the world. And there is a little dot in England. Now I want to go back and see how accurate that <laughs> yeah, is. I want to see the geolocation <laughs> and see if they targeted that one well. So, yeah, for the listeners, we're talking to our one dot in England. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you said you kind of took some years away from Formula One and then there was, a, I guess, a coming back to Formula One? Yeah, there was. Um, so I kind of restarted to watch it again after university because I, I had a bit more free time and I was able to kind of keep up with the with the calendar a bit more and the news and the updates and sort of what was, what was going on with the rules and regulations. And of course, Lewis Hamilton was absolutely flying through those years and it, it kind of became a bit, oh, you know Lewis is going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. you only keep a very vague eye on what's going on. So I didn't really feel like I wanted to watch it because I just kind of knew what was going on. Mm. And then Haas kind of entered the picture. I think it was in 2017 when they started Formula 1. I think that's right. They had signed Roman Grosjean and uh, Gutierrez was the first year. And then they, you know, they did quite well and kind of pleasantly surprised. And Roman Grosjean is kind of also looks like my brother, who also <laughs> looks like Jensen Button. I can see them being uh-huh. brothers, Jensen and Roman. Yeah. We'll, th- we'll throw a picture of your brother up in show notes. Oh, yeah. Roman was just <laughs> Jensen's brother that got sent away to a French boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> and so there was, K-Mag was out of that picture at that point because he had been in McLaren for a little while and being English and having seen Lewis start in McLaren and also Jensen Button entering McLaren, you know, that sort of kind of going, oh, what's going on with McLaren? And you see that and you see K-Mag doing really well, getting a podium on his first race yeah. and, and whatnot. And then in 2018, when K-Mag signed, it then became a little bit more like, huh, this is a, this seems to be, you know, quite a nice little link. I've got, I've got Gunter there and I've got K-Mag there and American culture starting to kind of seep ever more into the UK and you're seeing... <laughs> Yeah, um, you're seeing things like solo cups in the supermarkets, <laughs> which you'd never really seen. That's or hilarious. Like the college, or like the typical college jackets. Yeah, varsity jackets coming in. So glad yeah. that yeah, yeah. solo cups are representing U.S. culture. Well, yeah. just you know, boil it down to drunken parties, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Beer pong has in, infiltrated the UK, and somehow who sings that red solo cup song? That country guy. Yeah. Red uh, Solo Cups <laughs> take me home <laughs> to exactly. the place. Yeah. John, I know Denver. That song. Yeah. John Denver. Yeah. I know that song. Uh, but you know what's funny is that I think that uh, similarly to kind of give you some insight, I feel like the UK has infiltrated the US. Kind of started with Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May with Top Gear. I feel like those guys Good point. definitely made a huge, uh, they impressed our market big time. And ever since, I feel like it's been a slow, even another British invasion, not rock related. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You're you're actually looking at like three pretty major products of like UK television in Top Gear. Definitely. Where if you just are kind of an, your regular American motor guy, you're not talking the way that we do and, and caring about the things in like in cars that we do because it's just not the culture here. 
But seeing Jeremy no. Clarkson just trashing on American cars, I think planted a seed, <laughs> at least in me, where it's like, oh, maybe these cars are super ugly and yeah. do suck. <laughs> or just the fact that he put a cinder block through the front windshield of a 911 yeah. was like, we can't ignore this guy. What's well, yeah. his problem? Yeah, yeah. So so anyways, yeah. Uh, so that yeah. kind of seems to have made an impact as well. Yeah, that's that made a bit of an impact. And then there was also the fact that Haas are a pretty major player in an industry that I'm very interested in. I'm a train driver now, so oh, I moved wow. out of media production and I now drive trains for a living. That's amazing. Oh, wow, okay, cool. Does that make you a conductor? Is that the right term? No, or that, is it driver? I'm a driver. Oh, okay, I don't know the difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've got, again, um, so <laughs> conductors over here are the guys who come through and check your tickets. Oh, okay. Oh. They're like peasants. Yeah, that's a peon <laughs> job. Yeah. CEO of trains over here. Yeah. CEO of trains. Yeah. I don't want that job. <laughs> um, but I got into that through Heritage Railway. So I started learning how things like heritage engines and heritage locomotives work. Cool. So you've got like the steam stuff. So I do that as well outside of my job. No way. So my life basically is like 24-7 trains and then Formula One at the weekend and then it's back to trains again. Wow. That's Does really Haas cool. make trains? <laughs> no. no Haas does not make trains. No, but they play a big part in the making of train parts. Do they? Oh, yeah, because Haas Automation, you know, oh. big CNC company, you know, the machining side of it, there's a fair amount in the heritage railway industry and in the heritage steam industry in itself wow. that use Haas Automation mm. for machining of small, very intricate and extremely accurate parts. Wow. So, again, brings it back to what I'm interested in and for the team. So it kind of seems to have been a bit of a marriage made in heaven, really. Yeah. How many Haas fans do you know that are your friends? Do you encounter? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> okay. I was at the supermarket a couple of weeks ago and I was wearing this Haas cap and somebody genuinely said, huh, you don't see any of those <laughs> all the time. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm going to go now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why are you not supporting Mercedes or McLaren or Red Bull? You know, a successful team. Yeah. They just like they don't have they don't get it. Yeah. They just yeah. don't get it. Little did they know that you were that they were talking to a one member of an elite class of fans. Yeah. A small supercell of global elites. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. So that's basically my story for Haas. Really. That's really cool. kind of came to fall in love with the team. That's awesome. Well, real quick, before we dive into the recap of the race, aren't you also in a band? Yeah, tell us a little bit about the music. I am. Yeah, I'm in a band. So I've been in a band for a couple of years before the virus kind of stopped everything. Yeah. Um, and we've band virus. Since picked it back up. We've only had one gig so far. I play bass in a, um, like a, like a grungy, punky, hard rock, heavy metal right on. sort of. Who are some of your favorite uh, influences? Influences. Oh, Motorhead. Oh, cool. Without Lemmy. A shadow of a doubt is my. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Big Lemmy man. Uh, you got the Killers as well. I'm a huge fan of the Killers. Oh, they, wow. they just played here last they did. week. Yeah. And a uh, bit of a humble brag. I've I've played on stage at a festival with the Killers. Really I was cool. On drums for the time. Whoa! Really Sweet. cool. Wait, Whoa! What festival? 
Uh, it was a festival over here called Latitude Festival in Suffolk. Cool, man. Um, it was one of those ones where you kind of like hold a piece of paper up and you go, can I play, can I play, can I play? <laughs> and then I'm like, you, with the moustache. <laughs> drag me out. I That's have never amazing. heard of a festival where they just pick people out and, <laughs> and have them play. Max says that, that but he's been on stage <laughs> at several DJ shows where but he'll like, just get called up. I've never been to a festival where like the killers are just looking at people waving a white paper <laughs> saying, I can play. That's I, really cool. That's rad. It's a uh, good humble brag, man. Uh, well, you know, I try, I try to be humble about it. <laughs> but on the ins, on the inside, I'm going, yes, yes, get in. <laughs> well, right now we'll play a quick clip of some of Henry's music. Yeah, only if you have a recording of some of it. Well, shifting gears, I mean, we did all just watch the race. Yes, we did. Good race, bad race. I, I mean, I thought it was way more eventful than last year's, and so it was entertaining. And then it uh, it just ended up having the same result as every race this year. So, I mean, I think that uh, for that, I was a little bit disappointed. But otherwise, a decent race. It was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, Haas seemed to have a little bit of like a poor strategy that ended up kind of pushing them down the order a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's talk yeah. Haas real quick. Get the bad news out of the way. Bad, yeah. Bad race for them. I feel like Kevin could not get the car sorted this weekend. I feel like he didn't qualify well during the race. It seemed like he kind of struggled. Mick had some magic sauce at times, but uh, in traffic, it didn't seem like the DRS train or any of that really worked well to their advantage with downforce or tire deg. I don't know what it was, but it yeah. didn't seem like they got quite what they Yeah. Did. What do you think, Sir Wallace? Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was disappointing. Obviously K Mag had issues all weekend. He couldn't seem to really get in touch with the track. Obviously it was his first time there, so you can kind of forgive him a little bit. Mick had good pace, obviously, in qualifying, got P eight into three to Q three, which was surprising. Um, I think considering what was what was forecasted from the team, but I just thought it was like the last fifteen to ten laps were just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> they were absolutely crazy. Yeah, that was an insane last quarter for sure. But I also thought it all seemed to be um, all of the madness just happened around the pit lane and very little around the track apart from those last ten laps. Lots, lots the, of bad pit stops. Yeah. Well, Carlos had a horrendous pit stop yeah, today. Mick got a pretty bad one, right? Unsafe yeah. releases. Perez ran over a gun, which Ferrari's going to get I a mean, fine it for. It wasn't his fault. Yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> No, it wasn't Perez's yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah. But Ferrari, I, like, I'm still laughing last week at your comment, Parker. Like, Ferrari, you're on thin ice. Like, yeah. Can you just cool it? Yeah. Stop being <laughs> insane. And they can't. They yeah. just can't. They really can't. They can't help themselves. Oh, man. But yeah, to your point, it kind of seems... I, I forgot that Kevin's first race at 
Zanvort was this year because last year he was not with the team. So mm-hmm. that is a that's a good takeaway um, and a good reminder as to why that would be. This year is a lot of learning yeah. for a brand new circuit for him. And something that's so different from every other F1 circuit. This one has lots of NASCAR style banking and just some different things that he didn't have a lot of experience with. Not the best race. Also not the worst. They beat both Alphas. Yeah, the, the, both Williams and one McLaren. Yeah, which is not terrible. Yeah, no, it's, we've had worse races. Yeah. That's yeah. for sure. So it looks positive. We definitely have, yeah. and it kind of feels at this point now where we're kind of entering the the towards the end of the season, almost like the we're on like the autumn part of the season now, where we just kind of need to keep Aston Martin and Williams and Alpha Tauri kind of away from us. Alpha Tauri kind of like. Uh, slowly creeping up towards us. I think they're about four or five points away from us in the constructor standings at the moment. Yeah, but totally. I think if we can just keep them at bay, then I think we'll be okay, and I think we'll be on to a considerably better season than last year. Totally, for sure. I was like, I was reminded about how much I hated Nikita Mazepin. <laughs> <'Cause> like, <laughs> at the beginning of the, before the race, they're like showing previews from last year or like highlights from last year. They're like, and remember this point where like so-and-so went around the outside of Nikita Mazepin. I was like, oh, that was just a year ago. It feels like I was ages like, can ago. we yeah. not show Mazepin highlights as like the representation for Haas? Yeah. yeah. Let's just forget that part of history. <laughs> it's yeah. it's easy to do at this point. Yeah, you're right. We've got 34 <laughs> points uh, in seventh in Constructors versus the 51 points of Alpha, who's in sixth. Yeah. So, striking distance of, of Alpha for sure. Yeah, definitely. And Botas has seemed to have had a couple of rough weeks. Joe Guan Yu seems to be increasing in his abilities and getting better and better results, and Botas seems to be sliding backwards. Um, and something that's a little bit interesting there, and I think is like a quick talking point, every time that these teams are developing these cars and bringing upgrades, it seems to favor one driver so much more than the other. And I feel like that's what we've seen with Lewis and George Russell, where Lewis is now kind of finishing ahead of George because these upgrades have kind of favored his style. And Perez is just like freight train to the back. I feel Mm -hmm. like Red Bull has developed that car so much in Max's favor now that Sergio's just on another planet all of a sudden when they started the year so strong. They were, yeah. And so I feel like that's something that's kind of interesting to see taking place in the, in the like on the grid, is to see some of these drivers start to tumble because those upgrades seem to just be playing so much against them and what their driving style must be like. Yeah. But that's a guess. I don't know. Otherwise, I don't know what to blame it on for their lack of performance. But so many people who started the season so strong suddenly seem to be struggling. I look like I bored Max. Oh, no, no. I was <laughs> just... Definitely, oh, okay. go ahead. Oh no! It, it definitely seemed like today that we couldn't really get a grip on sort of what the strategy was, and there was quite a lot of things going on. You had Yuki with his failure, not failure, then a failure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we pitted. I think it might have been like lap twelve, thirteen, so or early. something like really early on mediums, where you think no, you could go for the overcut, yeah, and get a good advantage over one and then go to softs. 
But I don't know if it seems to be something a bit of a, a bit of lack of confidence with Zanvoort because this is the second time that Haas have ever been there. Mercedes and Red Bull, they've, they're a bit more familiar with it being Max's home Grand Prix. You know, he's obviously got a bit more familiarity with the circuit and the layout and they've obviously got more pace. It seemed to be that certainly from the midfield to the back markers that there wasn't a huge amount of confidence mm. about what was going to happen and then there was the throwing in of the the drizzling at the beginning or where are the pigeons yeah. or is a flare going to come yeah, okay. landing in the cockpit of one of the drivers For sure. and it's just going to be a cockpit full of orange smoke. You know? <laughs> so I kind of think, obviously it wasn't Hass's best performance, but I think it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah, kind of to your point, the Haas is also based very heavily on the Ferrari. And when we look at the three top teams, Ferrari really never got it going either this weekend. Mm. And it definitely was Lewis's podium to lose to Charles at the end of the race. And he just really did. And he just... <laughs> and he did. He did lose it. And it was definitely a gamble that they didn't pay off. The car that is sort of the example, best version of the Haas car, mm-hmm. also did didn't really fight for the win today. Yeah. So I think that that's also a key takeaway of like, oh yeah, the Haas probably wasn't the most competitive. Yeah. Ex- explain how the race ended. Oh, okay. Like how did Lewis lose that? Well, yeah, it came down to kind of strategy and a disagreement over strategy. And I felt like kind of a point that you made before we started recording, it seemed like even the announcers, everyone just acknowledged that George sort of stuffed the plan for Lewis and it's like, well, hey, the, driver two, you're supposed to play ball here so that way Lewis can win. You're the sacrificial mm-hmm. member of the team at the moment. Mm-hmm. And George kind of kick and scream knowing like you're hanging me out to dry. I'm on a crappy tire and Max, the fastest car all weekend, has brand new soft tires. There's no yeah. way I'm competing with him. And so George just put me on fresh tires now, and they did, and Lewis got hung out to dry. And so Lewis threw a fit because, <laughs> and, and I mean, deserve he deserves to. I mean, he, they really couldn't call him in. He would lose track position, and then the Mercedes wasn't as fast as the Red Bull. And so his only shot at the win really was for George to hold Max up for a very, we'll say optimistic amount of time would have been like five laps Hmm. and then Lewis and Max having a good duel to the finish. But the truth is, is that after they called George in and gave him fresh tires, the plan was stuffed. So it was this like in a sense, like George basically just didn't play ball. Kind of. They left it up to him. Like even David Croft said that they're like, they left it up to him. Why did they do that? And I think it's awesome. You you guys fully know that I'm a I'm a fan of these guys just playing their own game mm-hmm. and totally. winning when they can. But Mercedes did leave it up to him. They gave him the choice, and then he made the call. Um, I think where Lewis's upset was was he was expecting them to do what they did with Botas forever, mm-hmm. which is just saying, right. "Hey, Botas, you're doing this now." But with Russell, maybe they've got a little more respect for Russell or have a longer outlook with that guy because they're like, "Do you want to come in?" He said, "Yes." So. Well, yeah, and I think that's a good point. It's kind of that George is sort of the future, and Botas, yeah. I don't think, ever had that. They never had this, like, you're going to be the successor of the great Lewis Hamilton type of tone with him. Yeah. It was always driver two. And so I think that there was a little bit of that, even though I re- I do, I like Botas a lot, and I think the guy has been, he's dealt with a lot. 
emotionally and physically through being Lewis's teammate. And so I, I respect him a lot. But unfortunately, I do think that Mercedes is willing to give George that say. Like, put me on the right tire. This is a stupid call. Yeah. I'm going to go for the win. And the truth is, is that it just uh, it was going to be almost impossible. Obviously, some pretty big mistakes from Ferrari. I think <laughs> it's kind of what's been happening for the past, you know, 10 years. All of the season. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think certainly what you were alluding to with Lewis towards the end and the the strategy calls that were made there were pretty fundamental mistakes from Mercedes, I saw. And Lewis, I think, like you said, quite rightly had every right to be peeved yeah. at the end where he had the opportunity to, to take the win, his first win of the season, which is mad to say. Right. But then you see George kind of flying by, not really kind of seeing, oh, well who's where in the championship should we kind of level it up a bit more and try and get uh, a two three because we know we can't get a one two but no they just kind of let george go by i don't know if there was anything from mercedes pitwall or from toto wolf who was kind of less happy with that decision that was made by george but certainly seemed to be that mercedes could have kept Ferrari a bit more at bay even though they were on slightly older tyres they had like five laps to go we all know Lewis Hamilton and his ability to kind of hold tyres until the very end right and to be able to have good management for the race and to be able to defend just kind of seemed to tail off and I think it kind of feels like his his confidence even though it's typical Lewis Hamilton high it's obviously been knocked by all of these setbacks and with George being so consistent I think it's I think it's going to be interesting going forward to see what Lewis Hamilton does and what Mercedes do to try and reclaim where they were a year ago two years ago three years ago where yeah. they were just winning absolutely everything yeah well I didn't I didn't know that um Lewis Hamilton has won a race every single year he's been driving. Every year. And this year is the first year he's like, or in a while, that he's at risk at not winning a race oh this year. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Maybe he's losing his mind. <laughs> I mean, I, I would, I would no, imagine. He's just, putting, he's just putting together a new PR recipe. Yeah. When you've spent 10 years basically equaling and earning Michael Schumacher's records mm -hmm. and winning and podiums and pole positions and suddenly you're what is it 14 races deep into the season and you haven't won mm -hmm. Oof. i mean there is something about that to be like what is happening and why can't we even get a low-hanging fruit like a ferrari meltdown and a red bull meltdown mm -hmm. yeah. that gives us the opportunity for a win and so far it is just those two teams it, to give them some credit i mean the last couple of seasons we have seen winners that are outside of three big teams Esteban Ocon and uh, Pierre Gasly. There's just mm -hmm. Daniel Ricciardo. There's been a few of these kind of like out of left field winners. <laughs> and this season's just been like one dude on the podium that wasn't a top three team. And it was Lando Norris. The weird thing is, is that this season is actually mm. way less volatile than the previous few, even though it feels more volatile yeah. just because the amount of passing and the good racing that's happening is actually not giving us the results on the podium that we were seeing the previous couple of years. And so I kind of hope that as we get a little later into the season here and into the autumn side of the calendar here, that we've got something that's going to shake up a little bit of who's podium finishers. Mm. But I do think these new regulations have really turned 
a lot of these teams into just internal warfare of trying to figure out how to get up there. Because I feel yeah. like feel like McLaren is there some weeks and then they're just not even close. Yeah. yeah. And that seems to be even Haas and everybody seems to be suffering from that. But anyways, it's just interesting to kind of compare. Yeah. All right, shifting gears, guys. I have I have a fun game that we can play. Oh no. You, no, it's all good. It's, it's all FIFA. Good. It's <laughs> FIFA. Come on, you know how to play you this love game. FIFA. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> so I have written down some Formula One Would You Rather's, which is pretty easy. You just pick one or the other. Okay. And if you want to explain it, you can. You don't have to. Are we going to direct these questions? Oh uh, no, I'll ask questions. Um, I have a few. We can all answer them so we can okay. all get each other's responses. Okay, so we'll start with... Um, uh, we'll start with this one. Would you rather be the personal photographer for a weekend of George Russell or Valtteri Bottas? <laughs> oh. One has nudity. <laughs> and one yeah. one thinks he's really hot and just trying to be nude. Uh, Henry, what do you think? Oh, that's a tricky one. That's a really <laughs> tricky one. I kind of want to say Valtteri. Yeah, I think that's the answer. Actually. <laughs> I would pick Valtteri. I would definitely pick Valtteri. <laughs> yeah. I think being the personal photographer for George would be good fun, but I can kind of see being around Valtteri and on a night out with Valtteri Bottas would be a bit more fun. Oh. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like George would be like, hey, did you could you get a snap of this really fast? Like, yeah. No, no, gets like, thinking of ideas and I'm like, just let me take the pictures. Look at my totally natural life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is my girlfriend. Have you taken a picture of my girlfriend yeah. yet? Uh, I choose Yuki. <laughs> no, you can't. It's it's one or the other because Yuki comes up in other questions. I want to see what life is like as a hobbit. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> we'll move on to the next one. I started thinking of some for some reason fighting Yuki, but then I ended up with this. So, would you rather fight a Yuki-sized Toto or a Toto-sized Yuki? Oh. I think a Yuki-sized Toto yeah, for me. Yeah, for sure. Because Toto's going to have yeah. some interesting techniques, but like, I don't want to lose. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. You could kind of just pick him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just pick him up and you're like, no, you do no, that one, no. <laughs> you do that one hand thing and they're flailing their arms. And yeah. just holding you know, their forehead and he's just flailing around. He's yelling at you in German. No, which Henry. sounds funner. <laughs> no, Henry. No, Henry. Put me down. Let me hit you. Yuki also has like a lot of pent up rage, yeah, I think, inside him. Mad. If you yeah. give him three more feet and like a hundred more pounds of muscle, he's... Yeah. Pretty scary. Yeah, You're that's dead. a frightening, frightening idea. <laughs> we were three more feet, like he's super tiny. <laughs> what about you, Henry? No, I think I'd definitely go for a, a Yuki-sized Toto. <laughs> yeah. sure. Or maybe, maybe I would be the full guy and I'll go for a Toto-sized Yuki yeah. just to see what would happen. What is I know it wouldn't end well because I am not good in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think any of us are, no. to be honest. You look like you could scrap. No, Have you ever been in a no bar way. fight or a pub? You call it a pub no, fight? No, I've seen, I've seen a few. A pub, a pub melee. Yeah. <laughs> Next question: Would you rather be stuck in an elevator with Otmar or Zach? Oh, Otmar. I feel like they could both be kind of stinky. <laughs> is that a is that a comment on their weight? Like a toot? Like one? Like they they both have a toot in the elevator. Are Are you saying that you want to be? In, 
would you rather get stuck in an elevator because you know Otmar smokes crack yeah. <laughs> and you could smoke crack and you could have a bit <laughs> <laughs> he's wow. a true house boy he got, he got to the bottom of that yeah. one faster than we could <laughs> <laughs> He's never said he doesn't carry crack on him. He never said it. I've never heard it. So it could be fun in the elevator. Confirmed. I mean, I would love to interrogate Zach Brown on an elevator with a light that I could swing in his face mm-hmm. and start giving him the grilling questions here. Yeah. But uh, that I definitely think it'd be more pleasant uh, with or without his crack pipe. I think mm-hmm. Otmar would be the better choice. Just for the sight of the elevator doors opening and there'd just been this hot box, all this smoke <laughs> just billowing around. <laughs> and you and Otmar just sat on the floor just like, with your eyes closed fast <laughs> Both wearing slankets. He yeah, just yeah. also had those in his man purse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good, that's good. You've just been shot. Uh-oh. And there's only one person who shows up to help. Would you rather it be Lance Stroll or Nicholas Latifi? <laughs> Actually, maybe They're, Latifi. Do you think he has better survivor I mean, skills? I feel like Lance yeah. is a little bit just upsettable. <laughs> yeah, I think Lance would get there and be like, oh, I don't... Uh, 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 and the thing is that I don't know how to... Does he stop a the frog? <laughs> it's just that I, I don't well, know. That's Carlos Sainz. <laughs> that's Carlos Sainz. There's <laughs> the car. It's the car now. But I, I, I think there's something to that. I think Latifi's survival skills. There you go. And and I feel like we've seen Lance try to drift. If he's taking you to the hospital, hospital and this guy's got, you know, some Aston Martin, he's going he's gonna to understeer into a pole. Yeah. I'd kind of feel like Lance would phone the emergency services and then he'd just stand over you just with that smile and those eyebrows just kind <laughs> of just so looking true. at you. It's true. I called an ambulance. <laughs> I called you an ambulance because you're hurt. You're better off in an Uber. <laughs> My dad says, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next one. The next two are tattoo based. Uh-oh. Would you rather have a tramp stamp of either Alonzo or Kimmy? Kimmy. Oh. Kimmy. Both old. Every day. Yeah, I mean, it Kimmy. would have to be Kimmy, but I also want maybe El Plan somewhere. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, mm. I like the idea of El Plan being on my rear wing. You know what I mean? <laughs> the rear wing of your body? Yeah. <laughs> Got it. So aerodynamic. Yeah. What about you, Henry? No, I'd, I'd definitely go Kimmy, for sure. You yeah. want the I think if you, But if he was to see it, I, it would be amazing to see what his reaction would be. <laughs> Probably just the same as every other reaction, yeah. just dead silence yeah. and walks off. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, goes, just tattoo. Yep. It's okay. more of just a hobby for me as a tramp stamp. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who's, That's a mess. Okay, so if you have to replicate every tattoo from their body to yours, whose tattoos would you rather have, Lewis's or Daniel's? Ooh. I don't know either of their tattoos. Why well, do you know their tattoos? Well, I, you see them on Instagram. I've yeah. never seen either of their tattoos. Uh, I Lewis, feel like Daniel has less, and so in some ways that would be appealing, just because if I don't love one <laughs> of Lewis's, I'd be like, well, there's less of these, so I didn't get that, but... <laughs> I, I don't know. But I would pick Daniel, his his tattoo style. Yeah. Lewis is a bit, I don't know. He has a lot more. Yeah. Kimmy has a lot of tattoos too, doesn't he? We looked at, we Henry. both, yeah, got, we both looked at Sir Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Henry knows. <laughs> I, th- I think I probably would choose Lewis, actually. Okay. I quite like a tattoo. I've got a few myself. And 
I like um I like Daniel's style of tattoo, but I think I'm not such a fan of having lots of tattoos that are so different from each other. I quite like ones that are a bit more intertwined mm. and have a kind of more like a general theme. So I'd probably go with Lewis. A more consistent brand. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's, That's a, a good, good way point. of putting their tattoos too. Daniel's are very like sporadic. And sort of like, this one's for this, as opposed to like yeah. a scheme. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Did you see that video on his YouTube channel with uh, Cyril getting the the Renault mm-hmm. tattoo? Oh, yeah. did it? So it did. Oh, yeah, it did he take did place. Tattoo, I forgot. Yeah. I haven't watched the video, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he got, a, like, Daniel got another tattoo while he was there. Of course. Yeah. He's like, why wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Last one, Mick or Kevin? Oh, just would you rather? Oh, my gosh, Kevin. Kevin all day. Kevin. Yeah, well, right now I feel like... Kevin. Yeah, I feel like this is a tough one because I feel like some of us might be feeling like Mick is on his way out already. That's what I'm saying. Two weeks ago, I probably yeah. would have said Mick. Like I, But now Mick is kind of like cutting ties. Yeah, and I feel like we're investing in our future by saying Kevin. <laughs> yeah, so, that's a sound investment in the future is answering Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, if Mick sticks around, he's still a Haas boy and we're still going to yeah. support him. Um, but I, I do kind of see if that is something that we didn't talk about is, uh, just to kind of touch on it, Mick did announce that he is parting ways with the Ferrari family at the end of the season, which, uh, is big news. I mean, he's been doing that for several years through his junior career. Um, whether or not he stays at Haas is just now his association to Haas, Mm. but no longer to Ferrari. And that's pretty big news. Sir Wallace, what did you have on your whiteboard? Uh, I had... Hashtag KMag is a hottie. <laughs> let's see that. Bring that. Bring that up to frame for us. Well, let's make sure that the uh, listeners get a shot here for the ins- Instagram. <laughs> Don't, Don't lick me. KMag is a hottie. Good for, for PM. Prime Minister. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Don't lick Mick. <laughs> I think that's a, that's going to be a great new Haas Boys mantra. Yeah. yeah. Don't it. lick Mick. Yeah. This is. I think that entire whiteboard design might need to be a T-shirt. So yeah, I'll yeah. get I'll get right to work on that. <laughs> One last quiz question for you, Sir Henry. Does this conversation? Mark the end of the conflict between the United States and England that's existed since the 1700s. You know what? I really hope so because I think there's there's a lot of commonality that we've got. We've got some common ground here. We do. We do. And if this is just it, then hopefully that's the start of something beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Both countries have fans of Haas. Yeah, like the British came over here with the red coats and now we're sending red and now we're sending red cups. I mean it's like it's all forgivable at the end of the day. Yeah, you think that was made in the UK? I don't think so. It's China. Probably Istanbul. <laughs> yeah. We're connected through a love of cheap goods. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks everyone for the episode today. Thanks, Sir Henry Wallace, for joining us. Yes. Wow. Great catching up like, and getting our to know you. Guest. Woohoo. And we'll catch you again next week. Remember, send us any questions on Instagram, Gmail, Facebook. I don't know. We don't have really don't have Facebook. But like no. share share episodes with friends and rate us, review us, subscribe, do all those things so you get the episodes as soon as we release them. Yeah. Send drunk mail to them. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And it could get you here. It yeah. could get you here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much, Henry. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Henry. No, right, thanks guys. Bye. 
Huh, you don't see any of those all the time. <laughs>